Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 73 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Malkovich, Malkovich, Minute, Minute host, Austin Pryor. Welcome Hello. back, Austin. Hello. Whoosh. <laughs> I, did, I did your whoosh for you. Oh, yeah, there yeah. Something like that. There you go. Yeah, something like that. All right. I usually so, do a few takes. <laughs> <laughs> no need here. No need here. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. We 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 take we we take whatever you whatever you give us. Right on. <laughs> All right. So minute seventy three begins with Neil having a change of heart and ends with Dell making a prediction. So yesterday we ended the minute with Neil opening the door to the motel room, looking out at Dell, who is starting to get covered in bits of snow that never really happened. I I know it sounds like I'm 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 annoyed at that. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What can I tell you? So Neil walks out, is standing in the doorway. He looks out at Dell in the car and decides to invite him in and says, "You're gonna freeze to death out there." So he's he's finally beginning to show compassion, yeah. which I like. I, I I like how they do this because this, is, in my opinion, this is a, a movie about Neil. It's not a movie about Dell. It's how does Neil change over the course of this, you know, 48 hours, 90, uh, well, it's less than 72 hours. So right. this, this 60 hour trip that he needs to, you know, make. And, you know, he does change. His personality changes. And this is another proof. This is more proof that, that this is, he's got a crack in his, his, his armor here. You know, the way that he's, he's starting to show compassion. He's, he's, you know, Dell is warming up to him, I guess you can say. Yeah. By the the way it is. And as soon as he said that, Dell his eyes like open up really quickly and mm. it looks like he's maybe a little bit startled or shocked or something like that. And at this point the music actually changes. I mean you 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 discussed yesterday a little bit how how much this the music in this movie annoys you. But <laughs> you know, it it does change here to a different tempo and speed yeah. and stuff like that and and i like the way they do it because it's it's trying to tell us something something different about them you know yeah. and it's like a little more upbeat because now it's it's no longer a somber moment which is what we were having right beforehand you know yeah. and then and then Dell turns towards neil you know yeah um this is yeah it's a beautiful moment and uh and and then we we go from that to this maybe I'm skipping ahead where we go to them. No, we well we go to the room. Yeah, and we, we go to we the get room. to see them. And in I the love room. that transition because um, it's just the contrast between the you know the cold and the outdoors and the and then the time jump to there's you know packets empty packets of Doritos everywhere and there's. Uh, and there's all these little bottles there they've been already drinking and it just and it's it's quite humorous and i don't even know maybe it's meant to be a gag the way they cuss uh but whether it is uh, whether it's meant to have that humor to it or not it's it's just great storytelling because this is just exactly what the movie needs at this point it's exactly what the audience needs what the characters need because if it kept going 
at that pace of like another because even watching it today you know some sometimes i'm just laughing uh just absolutely laughing out loud and sometimes i'm like oh god another thing is going wrong another you know which is part of the fun of it but yeah. you it, they would be really pushing it if something else went wrong or 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 Dell does something else stupid now whereas we get this this lovely moment and the shot is set up so nicely again uh, um cinematographer um cinematography wise like that just we've got Dell reclining um and again kind of kind of to the point you were making about Dell having an arc and uh, sorry, uh, Neil has an arc in the movie and Dell doesn't really is like Dell just looks like Dell in this shot. But Neil is like, this is the most relaxed we've seen him. Yes. Uh, Cause he's like half sitting up on one elbow in bed and he's got the drink in his hand and you can just tell that they've let their hair down a bit more. And um, it just, it's just great, great storytelling. And it, it all, it's all there on the screen, you know, without yeah. before any yeah. words are said. Completely. I mean, again, as as you said, we, we get to see that there's a slight passage of time. I mean, Dell is in his pajamas. Neil is, is hasn't changed, but Neil is interestingly underneath the bedspread. You know, his his he's, yes. he's lying under the bedspread. You know, yeah. maybe it's because, you know, maybe it's because he's, you know, wearing his underwear and doesn't doesn't want to be walking around in underwear. That's I don't what know. I thought. Yeah. yeah. OK, it could be. Could be. And I mean, the way that the room is set up is just great. I mean, yeah. uh, you, you, as you mentioned, you have Dell on the, the, the lounge, you know, reclining in the, rec- in, in the, the Barker lounge or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Neil is under the bed. Um, we get to see there, there are all of these little bags of, of potato chips or a little bit later. We'll also know that there are Doritos yes. bags in some of these. And it's just all strewn around the room. There's like four four empty pa- uh, packages of of some snacks on the ground. Mm-hmm. There's a chair next to Dell that has that has packages on them. The bed, Neil's bed, not even I mean Dell's bed is immaculate. There's nothing there, mm-hmm. okay. But Neil's bed has all of these packages strewn around, okay. Were, were you up? Uh, well. One second, I'll get there in a second. Yeah. So uh, you also, we once again, they get to see stuff about the room. You know, we, we saw last week that they have the wagon wheel, you know, headboards, but here yeah. we get a, a, a side view. So we get to see there's this wagon lamp that has like this red light in there. Yeah. Which might be there for, you know, for romantic purposes. <laughs> Not that they need it, but I'm saying it might be that, you know, that if a, a couple an is there in a couple, romantic yeah. situation... Yeah, so you know they have the little red light there. Then there's a there's a picture on the wall of another. There's a wagon being pulled by what looks like a, a cow or something like that. Yeah, and and then the one thing that really shocks me about this whole thing is is the amount of little bottles of booze that are all around it this room. Did did you try crazy. counting them? I, no, I didn't. I was just, I was just amazed because my main thought was like, well, wait a second. I see little bottles of booze like that in a motel. I immediately think of the mini bar, um, of course. And so, if they raided the mini bar, how the hell are they going to pay for it? Um, right. Of course, they're not. But that seems very out of character. I know Neil's character is developing and changing, but like, I, I wonder how long it took. Dell to convince Neil 
to just ah oh, come on, you know what I mean? We'll we'll pay them back. No, no. Okay, that comes. I'm going to let you in on something. Uh, I'm going to let you in on something that that I figured out. But okay, just great. when I was rewatching, doing the research for the scene, I've seen this movie dozens of times, right. and I never noticed it. I always believed what you believed that yeah. that they they raided the 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 little refrigerator and took all these yeah. bottles. Okay, first of all, I counted 23 bottles that I could see. Wow. Okay. And I'm assuming there are more. Yeah. Okay. There's and there's also you you can see that that the picture of Dell's wife is also next to the bed. Popped up on the on the yeah. And that's right. Row, and whatever. you see you see Dell's clothing and his jacket yeah. also strewn over a chair on the on the side of his bed. Okay. But so I always believed that they raided the refrigerator and stole all of these these little bottles. But this scene actually has a very big clue to the fact that that is not true. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, I always wondered the same thing. They didn't yeah. have any money. You know, yeah. he had $17 and a really nice watch. Yeah. Or or $2 and a Casio. So <laughs> they didn't do that. They they couldn't steal, or they could, but yeah. the number of bottles, I mean, you wouldn't find, first no. of all, 23 bottles in a refrigerator. Yeah. Now, next to Dell on the ground is... His sports bag, which in this shot is actually open. Yeah. Okay. What that means to me is is that that these all of these things, these these bags of chips, the Doritos, yeah. whatever, and all the bottles of booze are in his sports bag. It's you know, his, you even it's see his that travel stash. A, that's right. You have he has like a, a little carry case that's on the, the edge of Neil's bed. Which yeah. has a whole bunch of pieces, uh, a whole bunch of bottles of booze in there, also. So yeah, yeah, and I bet, this... I bet he got the the reason for them being small bottles is he got them off a, a some sales rep that he did a favor. He for. either you got them I mean? off a sales rep or he he got them maybe on on airplanes. Yes, you know there yeah, there are different yeah. places where he was he's able to accumulate all of this booze and yeah. he's been rather than walking around a, a couple of bottles of you know, hard liquor of just, you know, normal yes. size bottles. It it, it right. fits Dell's character that he would end up with lots of tiny ones because of some wheeling and dealing he did or some. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And and then we have a, a briefcase that's, that's leaning against Dell's bed. Also, I, I, it's, I'm assuming it's supposed to be Dell's briefcase because all of Neil's stuff was, was burnt up. Yeah. But I don't recall seeing this little briefcase beforehand. There, I've, I've seen a suitcase, but yeah. I don't remember, but it's possible that I'm, that I'm just not remembering correctly. And then we have this whole conversation between the two of them where Dell then says to Neil, so how's your drink? It was good. Yeah. Go for another one. And then he says, uh, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. I have, love you been that. have you been to Italy? Have you had amaretto? Now, what, do you know what amaretto is made out of? I don't. Yeah, no. Okay, so amaretto, first of all, it's Italian for a little bitter. Oh. Okay, which it's a sweet Italian liquor liqueur that yeah. originated in Serrano. Okay, and it could be made of apricot kernels, bitter almonds, peach stones, or almonds almonds themselves. Ah, right. Okay, and it can be served as a beverage drunk by itself, or it can be used as an ingredient to create uh, several different types of popular uh, mixed drinks. Or yeah. some people even add it to coffee. Wow! And people use it for for uh, different types of of cooking. Also, it's it's also a culinary application. It has a culinary application. 
That actually sounds nice. I actually want to try, I want to try it now. Yeah. All right. There you go. So then he goes, uh, so have you tried the, am- have you had the amaretto? So Neil responds, I had an amaretto and this is a gin mm. and he's drinking gin. So what is gin? Do you know what gin is? I, I know it's, uh, well, it's a uh, like made from flowers, isn't it? Elderflower. It, it's yeah. made from a juniper berry. Juniper, yeah. But you can. There's an also an el- elderflower gin you can get. But juniper, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it originated as a uh, medicinal liquor that monks and alchemists across Europe used to make. Mm. Uh, it was quite often used in Italy, in Flanders, and in the, the Netherlands. And then after the introduction of uh, Genevere, which is a Dutch and Belgian liqueur, it became, in England, it became very popular mm. for, for to use because it was originally uh, considered as a medicine, which I always find funny that, you know, yeah. you know here we got this medicine and let's, let's get drunk from it. Yeah. And right. this, this, this pretty much happened in 1688 during the Glorious Revolution, which was led by William William of Orange. It's uh, most Willie. commonly there you go. It's most commonly consumed with mixed with tonic water and gin. So therefore, it's known as a gin and tonic. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not a big drinker in general, so but no, neither I'm, am I. But I'm, I don't, I don't drink. I'm, not, I'm, I wouldn't even go that far and say I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a drinker. <laughs> right, right. Um, and do you, uh, do you ever drink, or would you ever drink? No. Nope. All right, right. Nope. So you're full on. Nope. I'm, I'm a bit more like I just. I got I, drunk once, and that was that was more than enough for me. That was enough. Okay, yeah, I've been drunk maybe four times. So yeah, but um, but yeah, so it's like, um. Yeah, just I don't so I don't know my my you know all my different boozes and stuff, but I do I do enjoy a drink when I kind of give myself the chance. But of course, you know, if we were talking about sleep before, and if I you know <laughs> in my forties now, and if I decide oh, I'll have a couple of drinks, I'll go mad. You know, it's like I'm paying paying for it for the rest of the week, and because you'll be sleep, talking to yourself. I'll be talking. <laughs> I'll lose my Austin, inhibitions and I'll talk to myself that, uh... even with people around. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And and then the response is, what gin? And then he goes, give me that. Is there a tequila there? Mm. So mm, what do you know about tequila? Oh, do you know ah, what it's made from? I, I, I No, I don't. Okay, I know, well, tequila I know. is... is is made from a blue agave, the the blue agave yeah. plant, and it's usually found around the city of Tequila, ah, which is nice. sixty five kilometers or forty miles northwest of Guadalajara. Okay, so cool. Anyone anyone looking for tequila in Mexico, <laughs> you can find yeah. it. I just think, north. I I think it might be, I think it might be pronounced agave. I'm not uh, it's possible. It is possible. Just, just no, that's fine. A blue that. agave. Okay, it could be. Yeah. 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 So and and it's something but, that can only be made in in uh, certain areas of Mexico according to the law. Yeah, you, know, you can't make oh, it yeah. everywhere. Like like champagne. It's a protected term. You can't call it tequila if it's not made in that region. Yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah, completely. Um and <laughs> yeah. And then they basically, at this point, you know, 
Neil then says a little Mexican trip and he goes tequila and he throws the little button Del throws the tosses the bottle to Neil who who catches it and he goes here you go coming up and then Neil holds up one one bottle of tequila and a bag of Doritos and says is this a good combo or what <laughs> so what do you know about Doritos uh, I know that in 1987, when this movie came out, I had never heard of Doritos, and um, I, you know, Doritos didn't come to the Irish market until like mid 2000s, I'd say, 2003 oh, wow. or something like that. Um, so they're a very recent. You see, the 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 poor international uh, makers of of crisps and chips and nachos and things find it hard to penetrate the Irish market because we invented the crisp um listeners to malkovich malkovich minute minute might know that i've i've uh, been talking about crisps a lot lately and saying the word crisps enough times to irritate people okay um so <laughs> so that was that was the april fool's thing but um but yeah so like um yeah so we didn't get pringles until like late 90s oh wow you know and um, yeah, because we have Tato, we have King, we have Hunky Dory. We don't need these these uh, international usurpers, you know. Okay, makes so sense. So I will I will have like a nacho. I'll have a Dorito at, you know, with 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 dips at parties uh, from from time to time. But um, but yeah, in general, we're 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 Tato or King over okay, here. Okay, so uh, Doritos is an American brand of flavored tortilla chips. Chips. That were uh, started. The company was started in 1964, or the brand was started in 1964 by Frito Lay, which is a subs- ah, yes. subsidiary of PepsiCo. The original Doritos were ah, flavored, and then they started flavoring them two years later in 1966 when they started selling toasted corn, and then they had taco flavored in 1967, nacho cheese in 1972. And then in the '80s, they had a whole bunch of different uh, uh, different yeah. flavors that that they came out. The term Dorito is actually a contraction of the Spanish Doradito, which means ah. little fried and golden thing. <laughs> it was made in in California, right right at right near uh, Disneyland during the early '60s, and you know. Someone just thought of the idea of, of taking the traditional Mexican snack known as totopo and creating something similar to them. Good stuff. Better cultural appropriation there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And at this point, basically, he says, no, probably not. <laughs> Dell doesn't think it's a good yeah. combo. No, and and I love the, yeah, the look yeah. on Dell's face because it it gives us it reminds us you know of all the things that he had in his bag months ago when we talked about it when when it was all strewn around the the bathroom sink so he's probably yeah. he's thinking to himself okay where's my Malax? where's my tums where's my pepto bismol something like that you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then Dell picks up another one and says uh, me i'm going to go back to jamaica and then John Candy, Dell, starts giving us a little bit of a Jamaican accent where he goes, Jamaica man, go to Jamaica, Jamaica man. Yeah. have some rum man, dig it, Irie, Irie man. 
<laughs> which just made me think of uh, it was a little a little taste of what's to come with that's cool right. running. Yeah, I love um, I love the connection. I that's great. Yeah, I doubt he I doubt he does a Canadian or I doubt he does a Jamaican accent yeah, I don't think in so. Cool Runnings. There's plenty of other people to do those. Yeah, no, no, no. But uh, yeah, it is a little a little preview. Right. So, uh, Cool Runnings, I think, is like 1993. 1993. Is it? 1993. Oh, 93. Wow, that yeah. late. It was one of his final movies. Oh, He passed yes. away in 94. So, and, you know, yeah. 90, 94. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Canadian Bacon, I think, was his last film. Canadian Bacon was his last released film, but his last okay. film was... Yeah, I think it was it was with like Matthew Perry or something. No, it was with Richard. Oh, what was his name? Uh, Richard Lewis. The two of them had a movie. Oh, Wagons, right. Wagons East. Oh, right. Wagons East was was his final movie where he died while they were filming the movie. So he's, oh. he, they had to I think kill his character off along the way or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. So he mentions rum here. Would, what do you yeah. know about rum? Well. Uh, Rome just makes me think of uh, Cuba. I went to Cuba. Um, Save that for, for your 20... off the beaten Jack story. Why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not much of a story. Just just that, like, yeah, that that uh, n- not being a big drunk drinker, I took on the vices of uh, Cuba when I was there of uh, smoking cigars and drinking. And so for the holiday, I kind of became a smoker and a drinker, which not is not my thing at all. And I discovered the joys of coffee. So the three major, I never, I was never a coffee drinker before, and I shouldn't be. It's a bad idea for me. But um, I, I, I was, I was. It got me through the holiday. I was able to enjoy. Um, I was able to enjoy it uh, despite my, uh, you know, sleep deprivation problems. So, um. So yeah, I'll just always think of of uh, right. So rum Havana is clubs, you know. basically fermented sugarcane molasses or sugarcane juice, and most of these mm-hmm. most of the rums are produced in somewhere in the Caribbean, most famously in Jamaica and in Cuba. There are also places that in the Philippines and Taiwan that also make it, and it's something that uh, they commonly use in cocktails. So a lot of people uh, drink mm. rum every so often. Yeah, a Cuba Libre being the cocktail, very pretty basic cocktail, just um, rum, cola, and uh, a squeeze of lime. Um, very nice, very nice. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. And then uh, he mentions Irie Irie. Do you know what that is? I actually don't. I, it's just it's just a standard uh, Jamaican you know thing to say, <laughs> and uh, I yeah, it comes up a lot. I yeah, I, I actually I've listened to a fair bit of reggae in my time. I, sh- I should know what Irie means. Right. It it basically means cool, okay, nice. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, that I, re, I, re. No. I re I re. Yeah. And uh at this point the the two of them start laughing once again. And then Dell begins to say, Oh sh you know, when I'm dead and buried and then the minute gets cut off, so he's sort of like it's it's interesting, it sounds like he's making some sort of prediction here. Yeah. Which I mean, it's it's sad, but that's basically what what it is that we're dealing with here. Yeah, and it's part of um, it's part of what happens when you when you get boozy. You get you get yes. there's there's laughter, and then there's these melancholy moods that come along with it as well. So it's really nice that they've done, and 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 we're in that phase of the movie where we can be a little bit more reflective and a little bit more melancholy, and it's just. 
it's just really nicely they they balance those things so nicely here yeah yeah they do a great job of it so that's basically how this minute ends the script has two lines for this entire minute okay? wow yeah and the two lines are dell sitting in a chair Neil's it's sorry it says uh inside the motel room later mm-hmm. dell's sitting in a chair Neil's on the bed they're eating sunflower seeds so this entire scene with the doritos and the the booze was added on the spot wow i'm glad they did yeah yeah i think it works really well it shows it's a great bonding moment as opposed to the two of them sitting eating sunflower seeds definitely yeah yeah because like sunflower seeds is you can kind of see where they went because it's something like they're making do. They're like, well, what do I even yeah. have? I guess, I guess I have some travel snacks. Oh, I got a bag of sunflower seeds, you know. Um, we don't have any right. money. What do we got? Um, but it also so, makes sense that Dell would have a stash of booze for his travels. And that now, you know, what? now is the time you're going to take them out after all they've been through, you know. Yeah. Um, I think Absolutely. it makes sense. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right. So every Wednesday we have a segment called Hughes Hump Day. <laughs> where my guests will will give their top five John Hughes movies. So what have you got for us, Austin? Yeah, well, I was just looking at uh, the filmography there, and there's still a good lot of them that I haven't seen, or there's some that I haven't... Like, I couldn't really think of Pretty in Pink. I, you know, it's been so long since I've seen it. So, um, so it's kind of down to a five... There's there are only five, and I'm including some that he d- uh, directed and some that he just wrote. Okay, um, no problem. So at uh, at number five here, I'm going to go with uh, Uncle Buck, um, <laughs> which I'm kind of it's it. I love John Candy, and at the time I was you know a, a kid who was I, I loved. Um, Macaulay Culkin and I wanted to you know be a be an actor like him and you know he was a kid I was a kid you know um so I I kind of liked seeing him in things but I just I'm not I'm not a big fan of Uncle Buck I, I'd be interested to see it again and see what I think of it but um it it never I think even as a kid I wasn't that uh, crazy about it but that's that's how few John Hughes films I have on my list okay. um, that that's it makes fine. it in that's um, fair. what do you think of Uncle Buck do you, do you think it's worth checking out um, I thought Worth it was fun. Opinion? I don't think it, yeah. I don't think it holds up as well as it did when it when it came out. Yeah, I think yeah. it was much funnier watching it as a kid than yeah. it is now. Um, so next up, I'm going to go with Breakfast Club at number four. Um, this is one that again, I just I wasn't really the right age to see a lot of these when they came out. I was a bit too young for a lot of these kind of teenage uh, ones that John Hughes did. So I didn't see this until like well into my 20s and um i kind of yeah i I really enjoyed it it's there's some great performances in it and and it just it does capture that kind of teenage feel although i just i got really annoyed at um when they when molly ringwald kisses the guy at the end of the movie because i was just like i didn't that didn't feel earned it didn't feel like it was coming and it was like it, they were doing the thing of we hate each other, but really we like each other. But he was so extra cruel and horrible. And I didn't see that this character hated herself enough to kind of, you know, make out with him right. at the end. Um, so I don't know if that's what people feel at that, but that's the, the kind of big takeaway I had. 
Um, okay. and I, and again, I would I would happily revisit and happily uh, you know put that opinion up for up for reappraisal. Uh, so number three, I'm going to go Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, great movie that I actually haven't seen in years. I haven't seen it maybe in my 20s. I caught it once. I, I really want to um, get into it again. But it made a huge impression on me as a kid. And it was just like it was, uh, you know, it was slightly too grown up of a movie for me. And it was a bit it, it had a bit of a uh, forbidden fruit vibe to it, which I which was which is, you know, part of the memory of it and everything. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so so Bueller, and actually speaking of Ferris Bueller, the the famous teacher at the start is Ben. I thought of his name, Ben. Yeah, Ben Stein. Ben Stein. Ben Stein. Um, yeah, and he's uh, he t- turns up in an absolutely tiny role in Flame Strange. Yeah, we movies. talked about that months uh, and months ago. <laughs> yeah which is really really strange and uh, again i must have been like was this was that cut down you know no this um, wasn't <laughs> yeah yeah strange that they've got him for it but anyway um so that's ferris bueller at number two i'm gonna put uh home alone and um yeah just again like i say i was i, I think I, he was I, a perfect just, age for it when it came out i was perfect age it just and i was i'm the same age as macaulay culkin and i was i was like obsessed with this idea of being an actor and and uh and it just and it's and it's you know it's a very funny movie and it's uh again i haven't i haven't watched it in a good few years we did um i was on the next scene podcast for christmas um last year there and we did i did a, a 15 minute chunk of uh, home alone 2 um which which has its moments but doesn't really hold up you know <laughs> and so um but it did make me want to re revisit uh, home alone and at number one i hate to be predictable but it's got to be plain strange and all right this, nothing wrong with being predictable this movie Absolutely. Yeah. This movie works for me. It holds up. I had such a pleasure watching it today again. Huge laughs and the pathos that just really hits home and is just is just the right amount of schmaltzy and sentimental for me to get uh, to to be tear jerked. Are you uh, are you a crier in movies? No, generally not. But there are movies no. that, that, that do get me. They, they you know, I, yeah. I can be emotional with certain scenes in movies, you know, mm. but you know, it, I, I, it, yeah. there's certain scenes that every time I see them, I will, you know, start, start, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say welling up, but I start feeling, yes. feeling very sad and, you know, yeah, I, I feel for the characters. So yeah, we get, we get those. Go on. What, what name a couple? Uh, you want me to tell you offhand? I need to, I need to, th- I, this is something I need to think about. It's not something that, <laughs> No, no, that's no, no, fine. No. That's fine. Because I, because I have a few big ones that I can think of, but also just in general, I will, I will uh, weep in films. <laughs> I would just have to drop a hat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and of course, I'm watching a lot of uh, kids movies nowadays. Uh, we all, we all had COVID in my house recently, so um, we, we, we relied on on TV. So I was, you know, watching movies with my daughter and all these. Pixar movies and Disney movies that are just absolutely killing me. <laughs> I'm just like trying to trying to keep my daughter's spirits up, and she sometimes get worried gets worried when I'm crying that there's something wrong. It's like no, it's just a movie, you know. Right now, I usually um, I usually yeah. cry up uh, at, at or well up at at uh, 
you know, patriotic moments and stuff like that. You know, those are the things. Okay. Yeah. Not not necessarily sad moments, but something that I'm like, okay, wow, I can't believe that the character did that. That's just great. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, a sacrifice yeah, for exactly. the, the greater good or for and would it be um patriotic American or patriotic Israeli Jewish diaspora no, kind it of could, stuff? It could it could it, it, it be, could go anywhere. Could be, it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not not specific. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for that top five. Good stuff. Every day we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either myself or my guest will give a little story about an adventure or misadventure that one of us may have had over the course of the journey of life. So you got one for us? Well, I was just thinking about, I just, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't really think of, of um, uh, you know, proper stories, but just the, the little kind of uh feel of based on what you were saying yesterday cinema in other countries you know and uh myself and my wife have traveled a bit and we really um yeah we've we we love going to the cinema and we've we've been to a couple of things and you just you just get a different idea when you were talking about um films in german and stuff but we we were um in this small town in uh, Austria, we were near Salzburg. I can't have been Salzburg. It must have been. It was w when we were traveling around that part of the world, anyway. And um, we were just kind of really wanted to do something that night, but it was a small, sleepy town. There was nothing doing, and it was um, and it was just really cold outside. So we we're just like, well, let's let's go. Nothing else is open, so let's go to the cinema, knowing that it would be dubbed. So we got to see Juno in uh in in german okay. and wow. we had both <laughs> we, we had both seen it already so we were able to enjoy it and um it was just it's a nice memory because it was just fun watching a movie that you know and i have a tiny bit of german so i was trying to pick out you know phrases that i knew and and then there was literally nobody else in the cinema and it was you know late at night and stuff so um yeah we were just chatting and uh we could we could say what we wanted and do what we wanted in the cinema so but um uh, but yeah, when we saw, we went to Japan and we saw, um, the movie, um, from up on Poppy Hill, uh, which was, uh, a Miyazaki junior movie. So I don't know if you know the, the Studio Ghibli movies. I, I'm not the um, biggest fan. Hayao... I'm familiar with them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Hayao Miyazaki's son, um, made, um, this really beautiful movie but of course it's in japanese we're watching it in japan there's no subtitles um but it was it was a great thing to watch um if you're going to watch a foreign film without subtitles watching an animated movie is the way to go because it has um it's so much visual storytelling and there's so there's less reliance on dialogue than there would be in most movies you know um so it was just sumptuous beautiful um uh, animation and um that that great kind of ghibli feel so we were quite happy to sit there and of course what we were talking about before about me not being the sharpest at picking everything up and <laughs> when i first see a movie my wife picked up on the actual beats of the story much better than i did she was she was looking at all of the um the uh, uh the clues there because there's this um these these two um teenagers meet each other and there's this huge connection between them and 
it, there's he keeps thinking he's in love with her and and flirting with her and stuff and it never quite happens and then they find out you know their brother and sister so it's a bit like a uh, a Luke and Leia uh, situation and um Darina had picked up on all that and I, it was it was fun trying to piece together the story and and again learning the language we had learned little bits of of uh Japanese because we were there in Japan on our honeymoon and it was nice uh trying to you know pick out the little you know domo arigatos and and uh arigato gozaimasu and all that stuff you know um so that's all not really a story just just the idea of cinema around the world and um you know uh having having cinema filtered through some other culture cool very good so you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you yeah, yeah, you can go straight to MalkovichMinute.net and you'll find a Twitter link and a Mastodon link and a Matrix link uh, that nobody ever goes to, but I'm I'm going to keep it up there. And um, yeah, and you've got a backlog of 25 to enjoy and whenever the hell the rest come out, they come out. All right, great. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to this show. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter, find me on Facebook, or you can go to my website. And once again, this week, you can, if today, you can actually go and find episode number 73 of the Silverado Minute and listen to me and my good friend, Todd Liebenau of the Forgotten Filmcast, where we talk about Minute 73 of Silverado, which is a group movies by minute uh, project that Jim O'Kane uh, set up this year. We're almost, I guess, we're probably at the halfway point, maybe a little beyond the halfway point mm-hmm. of, of the movie. So you can go and find it on SilveradoMinute.com and have fun with that. So until tomorrow, you're f- You're f- <laughs> That's great. 